Hello and welcome back to your soulful goddess, beautiful souls. Happy Monday. My name is Safa. I am your host and your soulful goddess is the place where open hearts and open minds can come together to talk about and discover the many ways in which to heal, grow, and fully step into their true potential and power. Today's episode is all about human design and I have to tell you my guest was just such a joy to be around and to speak with that we could have potentially stayed on the call for hours and hours and I know that that's something you hear me say a lot about my guests but honestly I have been so blessed and I'm so grateful to have had these beautiful interactions with so many wonderful people over the last two seasons. And this episode, episode 41, is no different. And that's why I'm saying yet again, we could have talked for hours and hours, which also does mean you get a good little extra mini-sode on the Patreon. So hey, win-win for everyone. But allow me to share more about my guest with you. Her name is Kate Good, and she is a human design reader who empowers clients to be their own healer. As a student of many modalities, she loves to learn and explore new tools and systems that can help us all remember who we are at our core. Kate is an absolute delight, so I know you are going to relish this interview as much as I did, and on that note, here is Kate. All right, Kate, welcome. I'm so happy to have you on the show and so excited for our conversation today. How are you doing today? Hi, Safa. I am doing so well. I'm so excited to be here. As I was just mentioning, I love the podcast and can't wait to jump into everything human design with you. Yay. Well, first of all, thank you. I always love when people say that they listen and they really enjoy the episodes and the guests. It makes me so happy. (laughs) So let's, um, yes, we have quite the topic ahead of us today and I'm super excited to sink our teeth into it, but let's talk a little bit about you first. So if you could share with us um, a little bit about who you are and how you found human design. Yes. Oh my gosh. I would love to. So it's a long story. (laughs) I'm I'm sure as most, you know, journeys towards finding these tools of self-discovery are. Mm -hmm. Um, But first things first, I'm a certified human design specialist. And really my deepest passion is empowering people with self-awareness so that they can truly step into the reality and the life that was always meant to them. So the thing that I absolutely love about human design is it teaches us that we're all so incredibly unique and we show up and operate in this world in ways that are completely, you know, when I say completely unique, like there are 2 billion different variations that could show up in a human design chart. So every single person has their own energy. They have their own way of functioning in this world. And really what I do is I sit with people in readings and explain the mechanics of their chart, understanding their energy, and just give them a framework and a language so that they can step into their soul's intention and really live out the purpose that they were always meant to do. So that's kind of just what I do in a nutshell, a little bit about me. So basically, I mean, if you met me five years ago, I would be a completely different human. (laughs) Um, I was living and working in New York City and um, was doing a job that I absolutely loved. I worked for an editorial startup where I was talking about environmental issues, animal rights, vegan food, like the whole shebang, total dream job. Um, But I think as most people do, I was, I had, I had, there was no such thing as a work-life balance for me. It was just work. Um, And especially when it was something that I loved so much, it's like, oh, you sleep when you can and everything else is just, you know, devoted to the cause. But of course that coupled with living in a busy city, it's like, you know, the perfect recipe for burnout. And uh, that's pretty much exactly what happened. So uh, essentially my body just stopped, you know, I developed crazy Mm -hmm. anxiety and all of these allergies that I had never had before in my life. And my body was just kind of screaming out, something needs to change, something needs to change. But I, I, I was in deep resistance, right? Like 
I really wanted to mm-hmm. hold on and keep powering through and getting into all of the shadow of, well, other people do this. Why shouldn't I be able to do it too? Or like, you know, this, this is just what you're supposed to do. You hustle really hard. Um, but eventually you hit a wall. And around that time, I was kind of like, something needs to change. What is it? What is it? These are also the years leading up to my Saturn return. So, you know, things are going to get completely thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually ended up moving across the country to Los Angeles. And it was like, you know, a whole portal to another world opened up, not just because LA is like much more laid back than New York <laughs> City is. Um, but I, I just had suddenly started magnetizing things into my life. Mm-hmm. Like the, the place where I ended up living, my roommate was deeply embedded in the spiritual world and in the yoga scene in LA. And it was just like completely normal for us to be talking about, oh, you know, there's a ghost in my closet or <laughs> we have to sit and like, we had crystals, we were saging, energy healing. And it's kind of like, I, I did a, a complete 180 from being so like, career culture, work culture to, oh, there's so much more out there. What, what is, there's so much more to my energy. There's so much more that really the universe was nudging me towards. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I pretty much spent a year still working in a very traditional job, um, but taking as many courses as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. I did a yoga teacher training, Reiki training, learned astrology. (laughs) You know, I was sitting doing Akashic records and, um, tapping into my intuitions and developing my clairs. And it was sort of just, you know, in spite of all of this incredible awakening I was having, I was still so frustrated and felt so trapped by the expectations and just the general, why can't, it seems so easy for other people. Why isn't this easy for me? You know, Mm. I've got a good job. I've got a good life. Why can't I just keep my head down? And (laughs) eventually I found human design. And it just gave me the permission I needed to kind of, you know, like blow up my life even further. And it showed me so much about why I had been facing resistance. Mm-hmm. And it really explained all of the things that had kind of been my pitfalls and like the deep shadows that had mm. been working through my life. And I came to understand this as the whole reason why I'm sitting here, like breaking my brain, trying to fit myself into a square peg mm-hmm. was because it, it's called conditioning. And essentially I wasn't operating in my strength. I was changing my behaviors and trying to change my energy to suit what other people expected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, truthfully what sci- society expects us to do. And yeah. really once I started diving into it, I couldn't there, there was no turning back mm-hmm. and it just helped me in my own healing journey. And it's something that I'm super passionate about using it to help others do the same. Mm-hmm. And that's the calling of the healer. I talk about that all the time mm-hmm. on the show, just because it really draws you in, but it draws you in through your own process. And then it doesn't stop. It keeps going and growing. And one of the things I really, really resonated with while I was hearing you speak is this essence of that seeker, you know, you Mm -hmm. look for things, you do the yoga trainings, you do the Reiki trainings, you do all of that (laughs) and you keep looking crystals and shops and this, and that's exactly the kind of soulful woman that I love to connect with. Mm. And that's whom my business is geared towards. So I really like (laughs) vibrate with everything you say, because I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. Why? Because in the process of seeking, what's happening is our soul is asking that we go deeper. Like you said, that Mm -hmm. shadow work, really addressing the places of resistance, the places of contrast, that point of going truly beyond the surface and oh, and this is such like a passion for me, breaking the chains of what's expected because we've all flown into this or moved into this space where the like the global core wound that affects the divine feminine one of by the way because there's many but the one that affects the divine feminine in the sense of you have to quote unquote or you Mm. must or you should 
fill in the blank that is so caging and that really oh, yeah. goes so um so much against the divine feminine because we were meant to be wild creatures right untamable you know what i mean so oof everything that you said really spoke to me and called to my soul and that is a call that i'm hoping everyone listening can really really tap into and address because we were all meant for so much more than we ever expected and there's so much strength and so much empowerment and so much healing and so much transformation in that space and you and i were actually talking a little bit before the show about for me these tools that we get, the human mm -hmm. design, the Enneagram, the yoga practices, you know, the breathing techniques, all of these things, they're tools that are there to help us really get introspective, truly look into the shadow work that demands that we sit with all of our truths yeah. exactly as they are without judgment. Because I think sometimes we mistake the work of introspection and shadow work with yeah the things that we put a band-aid over and just kind of gloss over and that's another reason why so many of us for so long we do all the things but we still don't know we still can't move past it we still feel totally. stuck we still feel disempowered we still feel wrong or off or incomplete or whatever and it's just a call to really go in there and hey you've got these tools and they can help you get there however mm -hmm. we never or Okay, that's a word that I don't usually use a lot, but I should say <laughs> we would benefit from not attaching such heavy weight to them that they become our single identifiers oh, yeah. in as much as, oh, guess what? I'm an Enneagram four. And then for the rest of your life, you're just like you people yeah. even introduce themselves as this. Have you noticed? Oh, totally. I, like, that's Hi, I'm a projector. A <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you bring this up because this was a huge thing. And, you know, I do this all the time. I, <laughs> I love having language to quickly explain who I am, but there is nothing about the label. The whole point of human design is you're so absolutely unique mm -hmm. that even if you're identifying as a generator or a projector, that's the tip of the iceberg. Like that is just, it's like your sun sign in astrology. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I do think that there's a big misunderstanding that if once you learn your human design, okay, now you have to show up and behave that way. You know, yeah. like a generator is someone who's constantly responding. So you can't do anything but sit and wait for people to like give you things to respond to. Mm -hmm. And that's just not it at all. If anything, what I've learned most is that you don't have to do anything when you learn your design. Mm -hmm. It's almost like set it and forget it because mm -hmm. you've already been doing this your entire life. It's just in those moments where you catch yourself behaving in a way that, or interacting with the world in a way that um, is coming from that place of I should versus mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. am, or this is truly me. That's kind of where you can, you can fall back on your design and say, you know what, wait, like why, why actually am I doing this? Is this something yes. I actually want or not? But absolutely, it's not your full identity. There's so much more. And that's also why I love having these other modalities kind of in my back pocket Yeah. because, you know, human design isn't the be all end all of everything. There's still so many other amazing dimensions. It's mm -hmm. just kind of like, you know, a lot of people refer to it as the ultimate permission slip to... Mm run after the things that feel really exciting to you and say no to the things that don't because essentially once you start doing that it clears the path for all of the right things to come to you yeah it's just opening the doors it's it's so interesting to me and that's some of the work that i do when i started working with feminine archetypes and created mm -hmm. like a whole program and a whole system yeah. around them and expanded them expanded them further than i thought possible and i'm still kind of working on expanding that even more so super excited about that but yeah. it's the same like whenever we sat down to talk about that i was like yeah i know you took this quiz and you you know <laughs> discovered this was your archetype and all of right. that i get it but don't let that define you because it's so nuanced there's oh. so much more to all of this and it's the same but before we get even more carried away talking about all the things <laughs> let's 
maybe define human design and explain a little bit about it for the listeners? Because I'm sure there's people out there who've heard about it or like me, you know, I heard about it and I was like, oh, this sounds interesting, but what the hell is it? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So human design is a system. It actually only came about in the late 80s. Um, So it's relatively new, um, but basically it was channeled through the founder whose name is Ra Uruhu. He was a pretty regular guy living life as a marketing executive in Canada. And he had moved out to Ibiza and was living in a really like rudimentary cave because, you know, well, I won't get too deep into that. But anyway, <laughs> um, he, he was going through a whole process of sort of spiritual awakening. And one day, um, you know, a voice kind of came into his head and was like, let's get to work. and across a span of eight days, he sat down, channeled the entire human design system and devoted the rest of his life to teaching it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you're into the more mystical elements of it, I love to go there, but just as a high level, um, it's a system that combines a lot of ancient esoteric, um, traditions into one. So it sort of is just the missing key that explains how our energy works and shows up in the world. It incorporates the chakra system, mm-hmm. uh, astrology. There's uh, the Chinese I Ching is in there as well. And it base, and the, the Kabbalah tree of life is there too. And it essentially just shows us um, the circuitry and kind of like the energetic user manual mm-hmm. of what our bodies are. And so it gets really specific and it tells you you know, this is the energy that you've been given. You were specifically designed this way. Um, and how to show up, what that means for you. And it can get super into the details, like talking about what kind of environments your body likes, or, you know, what kind of ways you're meant to make decisions, how you should interact with the world. And it just gives those little guideposts to help you really calibrate your system so that you're cutting out all of the things that aren't serving you and really, really diving into that energy that works for you. Yeah, I love that. It's actually, as you say that, it really makes me tap into the holistic energy, you know, where it's mm-hmm. all encompassing. It's taking a little bit of all of these wonderful tools and practices and traditions and bringing them together and saying, cool, let's use them and take a closer look and see if there's something further that we can learn. So it's it's slightly deeper below the surface, right? Absolutely, right. And it's um, it shows you, I think the really interesting thing that I love about it is that it shows you that all of these ancient cultures have known all along mm-hmm. and we just needed to put it together. And this is a very, you know, it's modern in the sense of the intention of this knowledge was to help people step into their truth because we've kind of been like living amongst this illusion and carrying out and perpetuating a lot of false narratives. And Mm -hmm. now as a society, we're evolving and we're growing. And this is just taking all of the ancient wisdom and making it super practical and super accessible. So even the most people who think that they're like not connected to the woo-woo at all can (laughs) learn it and use it and, you know, make their lives a little bit easier. Yeah. And I love that because look to me, the things that we consider so woo and everything, (laughs) I, they're a part of who we are. And I understand Mm -hmm. the resistance, even from a a fear-based standpoint, because I do know a lot of us were raised and brought up to fear these things. As a matter of fact, one of my earlier episodes this season with the lovely Hannah Moon, we discussed it Mm. because we both came up, we were brought up in a religious household. And so it was always like very taboo, but taboo to the point where like, this is demonic and you're going to go to hell Mm. if you investigate. So I get that. I also get the skepticism And I understand the reservations. Like I understand all of these spaces, but what's really curious to me is, or where I would love to invite people to tap into some change or introspection is get 
curious about the possibility that this is inherently inside you. And it's not about externalizing. I say this all the time, and I think it's coming through in this moment for a reason. So I will honor that space in saying, we do spend a lot of our time externalizing our power and our worth, even in, in such a way that we believe something outside of us is going to either affect us or deplete us or have some semblance of hold on us. Um, so we make that external thing way more powerful than we are. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. If woo is something that makes you uncomfortable, I'd say just get curious, get curious with it, because this is about you, not about an external source coming in and affecting you and doing all these horrible things to you, but about you taking your empowerment in your hands mm -hmm. and then becoming truly deeply that person that you were meant to be from the beginning and using that power to live your life to the fullest and really relish every moment even when it's you know intense and painful and uncomfortable and even when it yeah. is super joy filled and super happy and super spacious because that's going to happen at all points so that's just something that came through for this moment and you know what i would also say i when i finally sat down and i took a look at uh, human design, I just found it so fun, you know, do it to give yourself room and get curious about just having fun with things, get curious about stuff. I mean, I know people who are hyper religious, but still check their horoscope. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. curious. it's nice to like tap into different energies and observe and think and ponder and uh, get in, get introspective. Mm -hmm. But to that point, also, would you be able to share with us what it's like, you know, for the listeners? we're not super familiar with it, what it's like to really get to know your human design, maybe what are the three, I think there's four main types, am I right? Sure, yeah, there, there, there are technically four, but I say there are five because there's a slight variation. Oh, um, cool. But yeah, I would love to give just like a high level look at each one of those and yes, a little please. bit into the centers as well. Um, so yes, if you have looked at up your human design. It's um, you can get a free chart at mybodygraph.com mm -hmm. and take a look. Um, like astrology, you need to put in all of your birth information, but essentially it'll give you a rundown of what your type is, what your strategy, what your authority is. And at the highest level, the best thing to start with is understanding what your type is. Mm -hmm. So type in human design actually refers to your aura. So it explains what your aura looks like and how people experience your energy. Mm. So there are five different types and each one of these types are all, we're all meant to interact with one another in a very specific way. And it's sort of like, if the world were all just one type, nothing would ever get done because we really need each other to like point out certain things. And I'll explain this sure. more as I get into mm -hmm. the types. But so the first type I want to talk about is the manifester, because I think there is a lot of um, misunderstanding put on the manifestors. So the manifestors are technically the only human design type that are here to just initiate action, just to like no external prompt. They just go. Their whole thing is they're here to create create the possibilities of new realities. So they're the ones who are like opening the doors for the rest of us to build and come in and create a whole new system or a whole new way of being. So manifestors are really the fire starters. They're the innovators. They're only 9% of the population mm -hmm. and their aura type is like very closed off. I like to think of it as a flashlight. Like they just look at what they're meant to look at they understand it. And then it's kind of like they understand things so that they can tear them down and create something new. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the manifestors. They're the ones that are inspiring and initiating the rest of us to like be inspired and act. That's really what the goal of the manifestor is. If you happen to be a manifestor, one big tip for you is make sure that anytime you're initiating an action, and this can be a big thing or a small thing, let the people around you who are going to be affected by it know because mm. we're all sort of magnetically looking and watching manifestors and we're all very intrigued by them because they do have this rather closed off aura 
And so we're, we never can quite put our finger on what they're doing, what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. So like when a manifester leaves a room, you're going to turn around and be like, oh my gosh, are they mad at me? What's happening? <laughs> and, <laughs> and really their mechanism of informing people just lets us all know that like, okay, they're like going to get some more salt. It's totally cool. We can calm down. Or they're saying, oh, I'm going to go like create this whole new plan for a building. Do you want to help me? And that, that can inspire us and say, yeah, we want to help you and we'll help you build that. Uh, but essentially, if you're a manifester, make sure that you're informing before you initiate the actions and it'll clear the way and you'll be able to get things done that you need to get done. Mm, interesting. The next type I want to talk about is the manifesting generator. Um, so I looked at your chart and you happen to be a manifesting generator. Yep. And <laughs> essentially manifesting generators are still a generator type. So generator types have a defined sacral. We have a really big enveloping aura and it's designed to magnetize things to us. So the strategy for the manifesting generator and the generator as well is to wait to respond. So essentially what this is, it's a little bit of trusting that the universe is going to send you the right things to you. And when it does, it's up to you to say yes or no to it. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of operating in this, like, is this for me? Is this not for me? And when we get that sacral, yes, it's this like incredible feeling of excitement. We get super lit up and Mm -hmm. there's like an unlimited amount of energy we have access to. And we just kind of run with it. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, sorry, did you want to jump? In? I know. I was, yeah. I was like, oh, oh okay. Gosh, this is so good. But yeah, I totally felt that with the rebrand, you know, like as soon oh, as yeah. that decision was made, as scary as it was, and as much of a pain in the butt as certain things are, because, you know, me like actually sitting down and doing like all the behind the scenes stuff is kind of a pain for me. But as soon as it mm-hmm. happened, I was like, oh, yes, your soulful goddess. It just was like, <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, I, uh, and every decision that I've made that has been major in my life, even when it's been painful. Yeah. So I will honor the space for that transformation in the shadow as well. Like even when it has been a, pain, a painful decision to make, once I make it, oh, it just changes everything. Totally. Well, and there's such a deep connection to the gut instinct for mm-hmm. generators, having that defined sacral center. Um, and it's very much like we know in the moment, if you ask us before or after, if it's a good idea there, of course, we're going to get into our heads and try and explain away. But if you give us the option, we're going to know instantly like, oh yes, this is for me. Uh, that's not for me at all. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because a lot of the times the sacral it's actually nonverbal. The sound that we make is like, uh-huh, uh-huh. It can also be like, ooh, what? Ah. And so I love yeah. being around generators because they're constantly responding and like letting you know how they feel about things non-verbally and with their mm-hmm. body language. Oh, um, yeah. And it's, it, yeah, it's just really great. Around 70% of the population right now is either a manifesting generator or a generator. So we're, we're kind of like, the work and life force that are really good at energizing people around us and also keeping ourselves energized as long as we're honoring that inner truth and saying yes to the things that light us up. Because, you know, if we're saying yes to things that are really a no, that's where you're going to get into a whole skew of trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, your stomach's going to be really tight. You're just going to like, there's this deep frustration that you just don't want to move forward. And there's so much resistance. So learning to say yes and to say no when you need to is super important if you're a generator. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So the next type I want to talk about are projectors. And I love projectors. They are like the wise guides of the world. (laughs) Their aura is like, they call it focused and absorbing. So they're people who mostly know the world around them, know others better than they know themselves because they're always kind of like laser beam looking at somebody. And they can tell you about yourself in two seconds. They know what you're doing right. They know what you're doing wrong. And they're here to guide us. They're the most, um, they're actually the newest energy type. And the world isn't exactly designed to, um, to support projectors because they really need to be invited to share their opinion. They really need to be valued. So these are the kind of like golden, golden gems 
who, when they come into, let's say like a work environment, they're going to get the whole lay of the land and instantly tell you what tweaks need to be made to make more harmony in the sphere. But oftentimes their advice is kind of overlooked or ignored. Mm -hmm. And so the best strategy, if you're a projector is don't waste your energy in spaces where you don't feel valued. If people aren't taking your advice or aren't really inviting you to share this wisdom or appreciating the wisdom that you share, that's an amazing signal for you to be like, you know what, I'm here to lead. I'm here to shine light and I'm here to really help us understand a new way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to waste my time if I'm not appreciated, which I think is a really hard thing to do, but it's a super important thing to do. Agreed. And I feel like that rule applies to all of us because we're so good at bypassing ourselves all the freaking time, you know? Yep. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then the last type we have are the reflectors. So reflectors are, they're the only type that have like zero defined centers in their chart. And I'll explain a little bit what centers are later, but they're complete mirrors. They're like the calibrators of the energy of the world. They show up and they feel how other people feel. They read the energy of the room and they're almost like x-rays. They're here to tell us if we're on track or if we're off track Mm -hmm. and to help us get back into alignment where we can. Um, But again, because, you know, unless you were raised with a parent who is really empowering you with your human design, Mm -hmm. you're not going to know to operate this way. So reflectors can tend to sort of like adopt the identity of others because they're Mm -hmm. constantly mirrors or they take a lot of flack because they're actually mirroring, you know, the, the things that people don't like about themselves back to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the best things that reflectors can do is just be really clear on what spaces and what people make them feel really good. Uh, and if they're not in an environment that's supportive and like makes them feel like they have high vitality, they're appreciated, they're delighted by life. They need to give themselves permission to leave because it's almost like that energy that doesn't work for them is crowding up their entire body and energetic body as well, mm-hmm. um, which can be really depleting and, you know, a whole slew of not fun things for reflectors. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's pretty much, those are all of the types. And as you can see, we're all here to complement one another. We've got the manifestors who are opening the door for the rest of us to come in, create things, to guide one another, and to really help us understand that each one of us is a puzzle piece in this greater society. Mm -hmm. And the more that we support and empower one another to show up as ourselves, the more harmony that we bring to everyone and we inspire others to do the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about centers too. So, cause I know, like yes. I said, I, I did check mine out a little bit before. I think it was, when was it? Uh, maybe in October or September last year. I can't remember, but I did check mine out. Yes. It did say manifesting generator, but then there were all these numbers mm-hmm. and I was like, what in the world is this? So yeah, if you could talk <laughs> okay. about that a little bit, I think it'd be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So the body graph will show you centers. So similar to the chakra system, Each center is related to an archetypical energy that your body is holding. Um, And so there are actually nine centers in human design, whereas traditional chakras, there are seven. Mm -hmm. And essentially the idea here is that around the 1700s, we we shifted from being a seven-centered being to a nine-centered being on a process where our awareness is moving from being very like logical and mind-focused into the solar plexus into how we feel about things. Um, and, and it's really enabled us to start to seek not just survival, but more spiritual aspects and dimensions of life. So the nine centers in the chart, if you take a look at it, there are some that are colored in and there are some that are white. Um, and there'll be a combination of the two that's different for everyone, but essentially If you have a white center, that means that's open. If you have a colored in center, that's a defined center. And so I'll speak a little to what those mean. Mm -hmm. The definition in your chart is where you have consistent energy. 
this is what you know is you. And this is kind of the gift of that center is what you're meant to share with the world. So for example, if I was speaking to the defined sacral center. Mm -hmm. So the theme of the sacral is work and life force energy. So really only generators or manifesting generators have this center defined. So if you're a projector, reflector, or manifester, you're not going to have a defined sacral. But the sacral with that work and life force energy, we're here to kind of teach others who don't have a defined sacral what it means to be really lit up by the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. It also has to do with like creativity, sexuality, literally reproduction as well. Um, and it's this sustained energy to create, to show up and create and do in the world. So we're kind of showing people that with the defined sacral and energizing them to go after their own truth, find what lights them up. The signature of the defined sacral is feeling really satisfied. So we're here to kind of share what satisfaction feels like. Um, but on the other side, if you have an open center, so our open centers take in and amplify energy from other people. So if you're around and you don't even necessarily have to be like physically in the same room as this person, if you're just in like the auric space of other people who have centers defined that you have open, mm -hmm. you're going to be taking in and amplifying their energy. So it's like a little receptor. So the openness in the chart is where we're supposed to get really, really wise about our energy because we're going to feel it the most, right? Mm -hmm. If it's something that you're not used to having consistently, you're, it's where your attention is going to go. You can almost feel that energy coming into your body. And then suddenly that's where your entire focus is. So for this one, I love talking about the emotional center, the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. I personally have the solar plexus open. My chart is very defined. I only have two centers that are open. Um, but the solar plexus has been a massive space of learning for me. And I think it is for most people. And actually, statistically speaking, half of the population has the center open. Mm -hmm. So if you have an open center, you're taking in and you're amplifying the energy. So with the emotional center, that's taking in and amplifying other people's emotions. And so mm -hmm. that is a deeply intense experience. It mm -hmm. makes you incredibly empathetic because you're, you're reading the room, you know where everyone is, you understand where their emotional scale is. Yeah. Um, but it also, again, because you're amplifying it, you're feeling it 10 times more strongly than they probably are. Mm -hmm. And okay, I have to look at my chart because this sounds yes. like me. <laughs> yes, you actually do have an open emotional center. I was just okay. looking at this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it can be an incredible um, wisdom tool. Because mm -hmm. you know exactly how anyone feels at any given moment. But the downside is if you're not aware that this energy isn't yours all the, like all the time, yeah. then you're going to over-identify and hold on to emotions that aren't yours. And they very easily get trapped in our system and, you know, cause us to act in all sorts of ways that we wouldn't otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So that's kind of where the conditioning happens in our open centers. And the, the signature of having an open emotional center is you're going to avoid speaking your truth because emotionally it's so hard to deal with the backlash of other people. Like if you're, if you're telling them something that you think, and this, these can be very basic things. It's almost like I find myself sometimes being like, why can't I just tell this person I can't do a call right now? Yeah. Because I'm already anticipating. Yeah. Oh, well, they're going to feel this way. And then I'm going to feel this way. It, it's sort of like the, the empath's journey, the highly sensitive person's journey who the, the feeling or the anticipation of the feeling is almost harder than the thing. And mm -hmm. so bringing a lot of wisdom mm -hmm. to that and to your tendency to do that, because it always feels so much better when you just speak your truth. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we do get really caught up in just feeling emotionally bogged down with other people and we avoid that. So that's so kind much, of, yes. yeah. And that's how like our openness does tend to rule our life in a little way, because we're going to be constantly shifting and moving to avoid the harshest experiences of the openness. And each one of the centers kind of has that high expression, low expression. Mm -hmm. And the goal yeah. is to work through the lessons so that you can be the person who is this incredible empathetic, like emotional barometer 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just letting the emotions pass through your system, not identifying with them, yes. grounding them into the earth and coming back to yourself and coming back to your definition and your strength versus getting kind of, you know, off in a spiral somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Super important. That's like been one of my biggest lessons for all of my clients this year too. So it must, oh, yeah. it must be a theme. It's the, I, the realization that even though you are feeling it doesn't mean you are it. Mm. Yes, that's huge. And that's, that's really the theme for every single center in the human design chart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, most people have open head centers, which is over identifying with thoughts that aren't necessarily ours. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just interesting to see the programming and how we're experiencing these great illusions. And the goal is ultimately to recognize it's almost like the universe makes it so hard to exist in these spaces that are inauthentic to ourselves that we have to get back to where what's yeah. truly us. But if there's a way you can shorten that journey or, you know, have some tools to help you along the way, it all the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So interesting. I love all of this. By the way, I think it's important to note, although maybe it's been self-explanatory, but I'll say it anyway, each and every person in this world is going to have a unique design and like a a unique, Mm -hmm. you know, everything. So, but we do have, it's kind of like the archetypes. I mean, we all resonate with some things, but then we are also, again, there's so much nuance. And then each of us is going to really move into it in a different way. But then we might all feel like, oh, but I also identify with that. Yeah, that's totally normal. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And it's almost funny because some people will take a look at their type and they're like, this is not me at all. Like Mm -hmm. I, I am a generator and a lot of the books say generators should work a nine to five job. And I'm like, that sounds exhausting. (laughs) That sounds horrible. Like I need to take rest. I need to take breaks. Um, And actually most types, I'm like, everyone I tell to take a nap. If you're tired, take a nap. It's not worth it. (laughs) Because rest is so important. And just tuning into all the little ways that you're exerting energy where you don't need to be and recognizing that energy expenditure is important. Like you wouldn't just be giving away like your fingernails. And I know that's a gross example, but like you wouldn't. So why, why are you giving your energy to things that aren't for you? Oh my God. That's Um, hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. No, I totally agree with that. And I think that that too um, has to do with our inner ability to tap into the flow, you know, tap into the natural rhythm of things. So same, like if you told me, no, but you got to literally work nine to five, I'd be like, I mean, (laughs) I'll do it, but I would rather be able to free myself up, you know, where like I, you know, I'll go into it now and then I'll take a little break and move over there and then I'll come back and then I'll, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Uh, what else can you tell us in terms of maybe one of my favorite questions to ask always whenever we are on these topics and it's because there's so much of this is what big misconceptions have you ran across when it comes to human design? Mm, oh my gosh, so many, <laughs> so <laughs> many. Um, well, I do think, so there are a few things just from the perspective of someone who now gives human design reading. Yeah. Um, I, I've had a lot of people who come to me and say, you know, they had human design readings in the past or they stumbled across their design before and it just didn't feel good and they didn't have a great experience. And I think that's because there's uh, oftentimes a desire to want to tell people how they should be mm-hmm. and to kind of really, um, it's almost like putting braces on them. Like you've been doing this wrong your entire life. You can yeah. only do things this way. And I think that's really harsh and human design. Again, like I said, it's, you don't have to do anything differently. You're already living and breathing these things. It's almost just like reflect back. I had an incredible moment the other day where I was talking to a friend who is also a human design reader, and we have a similar energy in our chart that's all about your life moves in distinct cycles. Mm -hmm. And she was asking me about my experience with it. And, you know, I was just kind of reflecting, being like, you know, when I read it in a book, it says, you know, it's a process of maturation. And Everything has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. And when you read that, it's sort of like, okay, I don't 
you know, that doesn't hit with me. I don't feel that. But then I was sitting in, in talking to this person, reflecting on my life and being like, oh, that's what that is. Mm -hmm. That's what that experience is. I always have a distinct ending before anything new comes into my life. Mm -hmm. I move through these periods where, you know, when I was a kid, I did this one hobby, but then I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Came into something else. Uh, in my career, I was a writer and then I was something else. And then I got into marketing and then I got into human design. And it's only when I personally said, nope, I'm cutting this off. I don't need to identify this anymore mm -hmm. when something new happened. So I do think with human design, there needs to be, and, and there's a whole new wave of people who are doing this, and I love it, where they're speaking from experience versus what a textbook tells you. Yes. Because that's really the juicy part. You're not, no one is an expert in your life except for you. And so how does this show up for you? What are your experiences with it? And teaching from that place versus I'm never going to come and like, you know, as I mentioned, I have a very defined chart. So I'm not going to talk to someone who has a center that's open that I have defined and be like, well, you're doing it wrong because mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know that in my body. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you what the kind of common pitfalls are or what I've heard from other people, but I'm never going to pretend to be an authority in someone else's life because, right. you know, that's the whole purpose of human design. So you can become your own authority. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a really beautiful thing. And part of my passion is making this accessible, easy to understand. You don't have to like pay hundreds of dollars or dive really into like convoluted textbooks to understand it. Mm -hmm. This is your birthright. Like this is your energy. You should be able to get how it works in a simple way. So I'm really hoping to bring that in the work that I do, I've started creating these little guides just based off of what I've learned mm -hmm. and what I've heard from people, because again, nothing is just a flat, here's who you are. It's yes. here's what your experience is. So I do think opening that space up and creating a lot more include inclusivity mm -hmm. and um, just focus on experience versus what someone tells you it's like. From a book <laughs> yeah absolutely well and the true essence of the healer in that way is being honored because you're just holding space for and shining the light you know it's the work that we do it's very hands-off it feels as yeah. though it should be very involved and sometimes i think people do get this sense of wanting and believing that we as coaches and you know consultants and healers and everything go in and physically manually and from our point fix right the other person and it's like we don't do that we just no. show up and allow you to see certain things by shining the light yeah. and then you empower yourself and it's a really beautiful relationship i think that's one of the reasons why i love coaching so much because it gives oh. us that ability to work in union and in unison um, and in harmony for your greatest good. So that's so beautiful that you're saying that. And actually, yeah. it's a perfect point to get into where the listeners can find you and everything as we're getting ready to wrap up uh, things. And then, of course, I'll keep you around a little bit longer for the Patreon listeners. But yeah, in the meantime, yes, yeah, so if you could just tell us where everybody can find you, connect with you, work with you, et cetera. Absolutely. So my website is thelightlines.com. And you can book readings through there. I also am building out a really fun like human design library. Ooh. So part of my design is I'm an investigator. <laughs> I like to research everything. I like to try it and then synthesize information into practical things that people can quickly learn and take away. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of building out my own catalog of useful tips, guides that everyone can just purchase and apply in their lives. And then of course, if you want one-to-one -one sessions, I also am available for those as well. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the.lightlines.com or search Kate Good Human Design. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Oh, I also wanted to mention I have a newsletter. So please feel free to subscribe to that. You know, I'm a writer. I love sharing information about human design. So there are lots of juicy tidbits that show up there as well. I love it. Everything that has to do with writing and reading is right up my alley. So yeah, oh, so yeah. much. Yes. 
Perfect. And then Kate, the last question, and this mm. is again, one of my favorites is what would your advice to the listeners be in how to become empowered and uplifted? Mm. Oh, this is such a good one. I think the biggest thing that is coming through and that has been a huge teacher in my life is you know best. You always know best. So as much as you try on new modalities, uh, ensure that you're touching in with yourself, feeling into it, understanding what really is truthfully yours and kind of don't let anyone else ever tell you what to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you always have the answer. You, you're whole, you're complete and everything is right inside of you. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you. This has been so wonderful. Welcome back, beautiful souls. And thank you for joining me for this beautiful interview on this amazing Monday. I hope the knowledge here has opened the door to some really beautiful potential within you, especially as it pertains to letting go of the need to externalize your worth and your power. And always remembering that these tools that we use for self-development, self-growth, self-healing, self-expansion are here to serve us and not to cage us up or become our identifiers. So always remember that, lean into it. And of course, if you want to learn more about human design, stick around for the extra mini-sode that is going to be available to all Patreon supporters. And remember, to become a Patreon, you can visit www.patreon.com forward slash your soulful goddess. But I'm also curious to hear from all of you if this was your first time hearing about human design or if you'd already heard and you'd done some investigating, if you know what your design is, I want to know all the details. So feel free to email me info at yoursoulfulgoddess.com or reach out to me via Instagram at yoursoulfulgoddess. I always relish hearing from all of the listeners and thank you as always for joining me and for supporting the show and get ready for next week's interview because my guest and I are going to talk about astral travel. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so good. So get excited, stay in touch, and I will talk to you all next Monday.